0: Welcome to Conversations on Cub Creek, a podcast situated in the hollows along Cub Creek, west of Nashville, Tennessee. Good conversation with smart, passionate, interesting people, and great music, some good beer, and some good food. Thanks for spending your time with us here on the creek. Enjoy. Welcome to part two of the inaugural episode, The Racial Divide. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one, where you'll hear an introduction to our guest tonight and gain some perspective on our topic at hand. You can also check out the show notes on our podcast Facebook page. Let's get started. We're going to pick up right where we left off, talking about police brutality.
1: Cause imbalance. Yep. Yeah. Well,
0: I don't know whether recruitment alone solves the problem, and, and to Tracy's point, I don't know whether training alone solves the problem. Yeah. Uh, unless the culture changes.
1: Yeah. And I would back up even further on that, Mark. And let's talk about accountability. Why is it that right. they're held so low? I mean, it's just it's just low. It's just that you aren't accountable for any of the actions. Most of these most cops are probably right. not persecuted at all. They're not serving any time. Right. Most of them are paid leave. If I was a doctor and I commit malpractice, guess what happens? I lose my license. Why right. is it that these guys can commit something and still find a job later on? Right. But we're still being fed this notion of that. Oh, but they 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 lose their job there. They won't work anywhere else. So this, it's,
2: I don't think I, I'm, training is essential, no yeah. doubt. But the fact that they, they need to be held accountable is the other thing. You know, yeah. they know how to okay arrest a Dylan Roof who done went in a, a church and <laughs> killed nine folks. Yeah. That wasn't bothering him. So they arrest him. He had didn't have a scratch on him. But then you gonna go get old Jojo over here and Jojo look he just had a broken tail light and you done he ain't got no eye because you done beat him up with a, with the butt of your gun and uh uh put a knee on his neck yeah. and just because he didn't have a or he ran from you uh uh stopping him for a broken tail light. But Dylan Roof killed nine folks.
0: And his arrest and processing experience was totally different. And his face <laughs>
2: yeah. was his yeah. face was clear. He didn't have, and he went and got a sandwich.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah. after y'all I hope found that ain't him. true, but I keep hearing that he
2: did. He went and got a sandwich. <laughs> they got him a sandwich to feed him. After sure even, is, sure you, you killed nine people in a church who was praying for you, and you got another. I have a, a meme on my social media where it had it had. A picture of six people. The top three was white dudes that killed him in a movie theater. You had Dylan Roof and one of them groups, and they looked all good. You know, didn't have no blemishes or nothing on their face. And then the bottom three people, one had a broken tail light, ran from the police. The other one uh, missed the child support payment or something, and they looked like they had been put in a shredder. You know, faces brutally beaten and all these things. And for these instances, and, and you, they know how to police. Yeah. They know how to arrest folks correctly. They do know how. They do they know, know how, how to do all right. stuff. That was your point about training. training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they don't need no more training. Yeah,
0: they don't need no more training.
2: You know well, how to handle it. Well, let me that. ask
0: you this, and I, and I can ask you this because you, um, African American, in a police role at some time, you know, corrections officer, and then mm-hmm. certainly as a, as a parole officer too, to some degree. What was your experience with other black police officers, corrections officers? Did you ever run into the macho, or however, however we want to talk about that that negative culture about police? Does it affect black officers too? I mean, are we talking about black officers being as brutal, half as brutal, not not nearly as brutal, not nearly as brutal? But
2: you had a few of them that was uh, uh, macho cops or macho. Uh, correction officers and i uh, not sure where and they... there you got the same problem
4: Then uh-huh. the macho toward or the blacks but they don't do it to whites that they arrest
0: that's right right they right, right. <laughs> oh, oh so, <laughs> and, so, yeah. so even a black officer that was my question is a black officer any more likely to treat a black suspect versus a white suspect differently
2: sometimes and uh, uh, sometimes that happens but not—I don't think—not as brutal as a white cop on a black, uh, a person or a criminal, or whatever. But I've—I've I've worked with uh, pretty stern uh, black correction officers, and uh, that was mean to, you know, other black uh, inmates mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, I had plenty of them, and uh, I had a female uh, correction officer that she was brutal. And uh, mostly to black males. And I used to ask her, like, hey, what you doing? You know, we got to get out of here. We got to go home tonight, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'm attributing that to maybe she had a bad relationship with a black guy and took it out on the ones that's in this inst- institutionalized or whatever, you know. So I don't know what, where that came from. But, and I also had a, you know, a few black guys that was kind of uh, mean or, a bullying type of correction officers to other black inmates, and I'm thinking, could they have been bullied when they were younger, and now they they in some type of role where I can be like, you know, I I can be you know big big dog now, you know, since I got the badge and all this so kind of stuff, but gotcha. and that happens, you know, you find one or two, but gotcha. you know, we ain't killing each other like
3: that. Well, and let me just say this real quick, Mark, for you for your next question, uh, and I said well, it's not jokingly, but I heard it on the radio, and it's and it's true. It said the guy said priests and the police are the only one who can have multiple misconduct and still keep your job. Like you know, these guys who finally got caught on camera for killing someone, this wasn't their first offense. Uh-uh. These guys had a long record of mm-hmm. misconduct. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done. Nothing.
0: Nothing.
3: Nothing. Look
0: at that. So that's a, that's a culture. Yes. Yep.
3: Yes. Culture. yes. Yes. And policy.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well. Moving away from uh, that a moment, let's get to kind of the general racial divide that we have in this country because that fuels pretty much any category we're talking about, whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter or we're talking about police brutality or we're talking about those moments of racism that you bump into at Thornton's walking out the door or in the Greenway on the hike. It's it's a significant racial divide, arguably Mm -hmm, probably in some circles no better than it's ever been. What is something you would like, especially whites, to know and understand about this divide, and what do you think some of the obstacles are into for us getting it? I mean, can you be can you not be black and get it? And by get it, you just just getting that opportunity, Under, understand it uh, from a more intimate state. You know, I mean, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, how do we? How what would you what would you say you would like? Um, whites to know That maybe They Don't know Or you don't think They know How do we How do we
2: All black together? people Ain't criminals Okay <laughs> yeah, That's okay. one You that's know one.
0: Uh,
2: All black people Aren't products of uh, A dad with 15 kids By 14 different women Or stuff like that So your you argument know? Is a stereotype
3: argument yeah. yeah And for me I don't want anything From you Like I, I right. don't want mm, I don't want yeah. retributions Like I don't need you To apologize for right. what ancestors, blah, blah, blah. I I I uh, honor my aunt and my ancestors through the way I live my life today. And so I don't need white folks to say, hey, all right, I'm sorry. I don't need your apology. Right. I, don't, I don't need you to give me anything. I don't need you to give me my land. I just need you to treat me and recognize my family and my kids as equals. Just equals. Know, know that I love my kids, just hat. like you love yours, equals. period. Yep. And know that there is disproportionate. Go ahead. I want them to
4: know that we know that they commit crimes and do that, the identical same things we
1: do. Yes,
2: there's white on white crime, but they don't. But they don't report it like
4: they do right on black.
1: Right. Yeah. And ahead, just, so. just know that there is there's just disproportion that you know it, it's, 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 it's not a start. Is. It ain't the same in, in life, especially being black or white. Certain, I mean, you just mm-hmm. have a head start. You, just, you right. just do. And now, now, granted, okay, if you do have your head start, I'm not saying look down on me and be like, oh, I'm sorry. And just acknowledge it. Just know that, yes, everything's equal or everything. We can all have the same opportunities to an extent, but some people are just born or have an advantage and a head start in life. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a real thing. I'm not making up an excuse for me. Yes, I can do and achieve everything I can to my will. However, the hurdles I may have in my lane – you may not have in your lane. Mm-hmm. If I'm starting five mm-hmm. hurdles hurdles behind you and you're already five hurdles ahead, yes, I can catch up. However, you can't sit there and say that, oh, it, but it's still equal. We can all just, you yeah. know, no. we can all get to finish line at the same time. So your point
0: yeah. is that is not that inequality of access is not just of the era of civil rights. You're experiencing that as a 27-year-old young man now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah kind of two sides of the street mm-hmm.
2: yeah I think right. it's a meme on social media where it's got it's a race and it's got a finish line mm-hmm. and it's got the white oh, I man love it. it's yeah. got the white yeah. man that's just on a paved lot and then it's got a black person on it's got bushes and sticker bushes and cactuses mm-hmm. and they humps and bumps that they have to mm-hmm. go through it's the same distance but you know they got these other obstacles that they have to go through right. that's more true than I've never ever seen before mm-hmm. in my life yeah.
1: And and again, we're not discrediting. Like I said, right. of, of, you know that white people don't face obstacles. Right, like, right, yes, right. Life is hard. Life right is hard. There, yeah. yeah, we get that. We get that. However, but your we... complexion does not set you back further than it sets me back in the eyes of others. So when I'm perceived out in public, you're not perceived the same way. and You can't sit there and say that you are because you're not. No, you can no, not. You can't assimilate definitely to not. that at all. And that's just that's that's the biggest thing with me in my eyes is that yes, we all have a fair chance at life. I get that. But however. You, in my opinion, may have a head start, which is fine.
0: Let me ask a difficult question. Um, We know that there are institutional obstacles and cultural obstacles in this country that are well-rooted against African Americans. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of questions from whites, uh, and one of the questions was my own question, about the role of black people in society and black accountability. I got a ton of those questions. Mm-hmm. Some were worded pretty well, others were not. Yeah. Let me ask it this way. Uh, what role do you think black folks play in healing the racial divide and where have they failed? Where has black culture failed to
3: heal it? I I I feel like our role is huge. Uh I mean huge because I I say it all the time. I'm not going to wait on someone else to raise my self-worth of my little brown and black kids like Mm -hmm. it's our job to do that like I'm not gonna look for someone else the teacher at school or the coach or whoever like in in our community we're responsible for that like you know Mm -hmm. uh, and so my job is I'm not gonna wait on anyone to raise the self-worth and as black people black men especially I'm speaking from that it's not just good enough no more just for us to raise our own kids. Like, we got to reach out to the kids who don't have fathers, who mom is not strong. Like, we got we to gotta really, you know, like, when I was coming up, you know, we had that unity in, in, in the black neighborhoods where... Sh- anybody's mama anybody, was everybody's mama. Anybody's mama, mama was everybody's mama. <laughs> and we got to get back to that. As the black people, we got to realize, like, I'm not waiting on someone, the government, who, I'm not waiting on them anymore. Like, if I see the need, my little black and brown kids are need, whether it's... Hanging out, throwing the football, going to grab some ice cream. It's my job to do that. Like I can't wait on no one else. So the, when I talk about accountability, start there in our own neighborhood because I'm not waiting on someone else again to say, "Hey, we realize it's a problem in this country. Let us come, put some money, help y'all build some playground." Do that. no, I'm not waiting on y'all no more. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we gotta we gotta start there. Like really, like just really feed. You know, again, letting our kids know that you are special, that you are valuable, you are worthy, you are loved, right. you're yep. intelligent. Because they're not getting that on the, t- so they're not getting that on the TV, yep. they're not seeing that, all we see is basketball players <laughs> and rappers. Yep. Like, no, you know? So it's on us.
0: Vanessa, what do you think about uh, the role of, uh, where does black accountability, and that's a large word, of course, I'd like uh, to use just two, two,
4: examples here um, uh, President Obama won by an overwhelming amount of blacks and whites. And his campaign slogan was, Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. But when he got into office, especially a lot of us, black and white, especially blacks, went somewhere and said, Okay, we've got a black guy in office, okay, do take care of it, you do it. And we went somewhere and sat down, so we were of right. no support yeah. to him. Yeah. He didn't say, yes, I can. He said, right. yes, we can. Yeah. And so now a lot of blacks feel that he failed them Exactly. when
5: yep.
0: actually we failed ourselves. Yep. We should have stayed involved. You can't vote yes. someone in office and go somewhere and sit down. Exactly. And ultimately, is that the the biggest failure of any group is the whether you decide to haul yourself out to vote or not? The,
4: that's 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 a, that's a pretty big failure with most people. Yes, because we every, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of blacks and especially black men say, "Well, I'm not going to vote. My, my vote is not going to matter I anyway because yeah. of the electoral college." Mm-hmm. But what people doesn't understand is, forget the electoral college. Forget mm-hmm. the, the the position of the president. Vote in your local well, elections. Local, that's yes. where your mm-hmm. vote counts. Yep. And that takes care of the presidency.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're talking about because, library like boards said, and, and education yes. boards. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. mm-hmm.
4: Oh, education is very important. And then there's a certain li- amount of fear there, too. Just like when the blacks formed their town, I can't think of what the name of it was. And whites went and destroyed. Was that Rosewood? West, no, it was Black Wall Street,
5: Tulsa. Oh, you're That Black Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. there as well. As well. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back to the whole conversation we had very early on of one of the things that drives um, prejudice is they're going to get mine. And Mm -hmm. it depends. Year to year, the they is different and the mine is
5: different. Mm -hmm. But
0: they're going to get mine drives a lot of that, right? Mm
4: Yes. One of the things
0: I've heard from a lot of folks uh, that wanted to weigh in with questions, especially white people, was the sense of I don't know how to talk the black people mm-hmm. without I, because my fear is I'm going to be nailed yeah. as a racist. And yeah. one of the particular questions I got was, how can I bring up the subject of all of us being accountable and, and the subject of black accountability mm. without being tagged as a racist? Do you think that we throw the word racist around too easily, too quickly or no?
2: I don't think so. OK, I'm like, you be real with me. Just any, I mean, just over. Oh, just be real with me. You a friend of mine. I don't have a problem with you expressing how you feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just be real with me. Now I have a problem when you sugarcoating some stuff and 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 beating around like what you actually want to talk about or something like that. I got a problem with that. But if you real with me because you just don't know, hey, I don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'm all for
0: that. So just like a. Being nervous to talk about it because I don't know your experience.
2: Hey, talk to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let me know. You know, uh, just let well, me you know, know, know how you feel. That's just with me. I don't know. know about anybody else.
4: That's here, I, I, I want honestly, I and I and I yeah. do uh, just in everyday life. I want, I want to hear constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Don't pat me on my back. Mm-hmm. Tell me the truth. Uh-huh. But um, I, I don't, I don't know a lot of. I've heard a lot of whites say that I've had some come to me and say state evidence. I just don't know how to talk. Uh, what to say because and I can understand that feeling. Because to say be honest, on with, your heart. the least little the least little thing they say, I have heard some blacks go off yes. on that.
2: Well, <laughs> I ain't like that, you know. <laughs> they don't know that though. Yeah, well, I not, know yeah. That. But my friends do. I'm like well, you you talk to me how let me know. But that does happen, I guess, yeah, right?
0: It I does mean,
2: happen. Yeah, and they didn't mean any harm, but but but
0: black sugar has, <laughs> has, has
4: you know looked at it in a different way. So so I've, we, I've, do we, we lose
0: that. support for the movement? Do we lose some power uh, with whites and others? Because they're staying out of the fight Because they're afraid They're, yeah. they're yeah, going to make mistake lost, a mistake and get lot. labeled yeah. yeah,
2: I got a lot of white yeah. friends on Facebook I ain't heard a scene from them And I think uh-huh. I, put a, I, I put a I put a meme or Something on my Facebook page Like, hey, white people, my white friends I'm looking I'm waiting <laughs> on you to respond You know, some yeah. of y'all kind of quiet uh-huh. And uh, go talk to me You know, if you have to, inbox uh-huh. me You know uh, let yeah. me know what's going on. What's how you feel about some stuff? You know, I, I have plenty of white friends. I grew up with. I, I played sports mm-hmm. with, and all that stuff. And and one. Well, a lot of them friend, don't want to
4: get in trouble with their yeah, white friends.
2: well, and that too, and that's why I said yeah. inbox me if you you know you want to talk. You know, uh, we can talk. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I don't have. I'm not gonna bite your head off. I'm I'm curious to know. I had a white mother mm. tell me one time. Uh, uh, her daughter used to be my best friend. She told me. She said, "I'm glad I met you, Tracy." She said, "I didn't know how to deal or be around black folks." She said, "Cause I was raised in this kind of era, and where you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, she didn't yeah. know." Yeah. And I, I, I gave her like kudos for that because my mom then was mad. It was like, "She said that to you?" I said, mm-hmm. "Well, at least she told me that mm-hmm. she wasn't familiar mm-hmm. with what was going on, and right. I opened her eyes to a lot of stuff, you know." And she was like, "You mm-hmm. know, you helped me out a lot understanding." You know, uh, black folks, and I said, no, no, no. All black people act like me. You know, you got some ignorant folks out there. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I said, hey, I'm cool. Yeah. You know, I was raised in the hood. You know, but I don't act hood. You know, I can,
5: but <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know, I know how to act when I go places, or you know, I know how to talk yep. when I need to be talking, yeah. sensible, and all that not stuff. You know, from. it's just hey, she and she loved me to this day. You know, it's probably been 30-something years, 35, 37 years. She sends me a Christmas card every year. You know, she's glad that I met her daughter. You know, just we was friends because she she came from the backwoods of somewhere, I think Arkansas, and uh, she was like, I'm glad I met you. She said because I had a lot of misconceptions about black folks and stuff, and and I said, you know, you got some ignorant people on both sides. You know, white folks is ignorant,
0: you know, We got some ignorant black folks, but, you know, I'm cool. And, Philip, you were talking about you. I think you have a a particular white buddy that you've been talking with about recent events. And part of his connection with you is basically saying kind of... Help yeah. me learn how to talk about this without right. feeling mm-hmm. like I'm right. going to get zapped.
3: Well, and, and this is why, Mark, I, I think what you're doing here is so important because like Tracy said, yeah, we can have that conversation as yeah. friends because yeah. the friends know. But yeah. what about the white people we need to reach that? Mm-hmm. That You're not my friend. They're not going to come up to me and have that conversation. Nah. So that's why this is important to get that conversation started and at least, at least have them thinking like, oh, well, let me look at this this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe they do have some black friends they still haven't had a conversation. Now and this mm-hmm. may... Give them, yep. Like them okay, yeah. open them, up a, open little them little up a little
2: to bit to be susceptible to and, and utter,
3: this And this white friend yeah. you were talking about, he he said, Phil, what do I do next? And I said, you're doing it already. You, you're asking the questions. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're opening you're up your eyes. And, yeah, you're not avoiding it, and you can take it back and mm-hmm. when you, you know, to your white friends, to yeah. your white family, say, hey, it ain't like that. Like, so...
2: Now you avoid stuff conversation, is going to make me upset at you, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Not talking about it And you know, being yeah. silent on Facebook When any other time you've been running your mouth
4: mm-hmm. but, And you not know. talking about it is a part of the problem yeah. yes. I had, I've heard And I'm sure you all have heard A lot of whites say Well I didn't have nothing to do with slavery Well right. uh, if you're carrying on the same old tradition mm-hmm. Then yes you mm-hmm. Have had something You do have something to do with slavery mm-hmm. You've got to be able to cut it off you got to be able uh-huh. to do something different and, and not uphold those old laws like people having problems with this, with just a phrase. Black lives matter. I hate that word. If you're man. carrying on the same old tradition, Which then word? you're
0: just as much a part they hate black of lives enslavement.
2: Matter. Oh. They hate that word. They hate the phrase. No, they, hate yes. the word. they hate it. So is it oh, possible—let
0: me ask an odd question. Is it possible to say something that is genuinely racist-sounding, off-color at best, ignorant in a prejudiced way is it possible to say something and not be racist like where do yeah. we oh, do, yeah. where do we define racism is it you say yeah. a certain amount of things, or you've done this a certain amount of times in your life.
1: Like, and we have to look up, make sure to look at the definition as I well. Think racism yeah. is doing it. Yeah, you know. racism is more so action. Of the, the action of the suppression of something. Yeah, yeah of living it. Yeah. Prejudices or generalizations, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily just classify as racism. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Now, can it lead to that? Yeah, it possibly can. And the suppression of other, mm-hmm. another race, but. Yeah, more so biases, prejudices, and mm-hmm. things of that
3: nature. Yeah, and you can't walk until yep. you. I, I we had a neighbor. Uh, he was from Kentucky, and uh,
2: uh-uh, he, don't he, be he, talking he, about my state.
3: <laughs> and I don't know if he ever knew my name. do every time he say me? Every time you see me, he said, "Hey, Bigum," and my wife hated it, like. Listen, you need to tell the man stop calling you Bigum. That that's <laughs> racist. That you got a name. That I said, baby, no racist, I know. Baby. I said, I said, honey, he's from Kentucky. That you know, <laughs> you know, blah blah. And I, I wasn't offended by it, but my wife was offended by it, and I can see why she was. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, man
2: he just said, man, hey, was cool. big black but you know, have been <laughs> but, you know
3: issue. If, right. if if he just said Bigum every day and kept it moving, that's one thing. But if he came across the yard. We had conversation, conversation about everything. Like so,
0: well, you and I talked about the word boy the other day.
3: Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Bad. Yeah, we, you Can't yeah. say that
0: word. Right. And and that is Oop. one of those words that half the time maybe whites may use in a way that's not yeah. meant to be racist. That's yeah. probably, but a, it's certainly based on the most racist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. that's yeah. probably just yeah. as
2: bad as nigger. You know, yeah. Boy. Yeah. How, how yeah. You Sorry. call somebody a boy to a, to a, a black you, person. Yeah, to a black down. person, mm, right. you say you call somebody a boy. That's as bad as a nigger. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. don't call me no boy. You mm-hmm. know. Cause yeah. you know back then you know the slaves and stuff. Hey boy, you know get over here and do that. Man. Yeah, right, right, right call yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Calling, you, <laughs> calling you a boy. That ain't happening. No, so <laughs> we that don't has all have the same. I,
4: I I I call them all boy. My brother gets angry with. Uh, well, he, he's not angry, but he is always getting at me about calling him boy. <laughs> and I've, you know, got, uh, I've got I've got white friends that I
2: call them, boy. What are you doing? <laughs> but it's the way you say <laughs> so, it. it, it you know, been, know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, it's the way you say it and. You know, uh, I always say, you know, that's my boy right there, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's different than some white, old white man calling you Mm -hmm. a
0: boy. Well, you know, that that does raise a question that I did skip over that I didn't think mattered, but I think it it may. And that is a question about words and labels. The N-word. For example, well, certainly the N-word I want to get to. But even I have been struggling lately about, because I've used them interchangeably, black and African American, oh. and I've had mm-hmm. I had a, a particular conversation with one of my younger friends. I a, I'm trying to stay with my young friends in the music mm-hmm. business. There we go. Trying to stay, I'm <laughs> trying to stay relevant. You yeah. know. right. But they struggled with my use of African American. Yeah. Versus mm-hmm. black. Um, where do you Where do you guys come down on one? How important is it, either which way, and which one is right?
2: Well, me personally, it's just my personal mm-hmm. uh, thing. Is is you know, African American. You know, I know I'm of African origin, but I live in America, and I'm cool with just being black.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I don't call you a European American, right? Or I don't call you a Scottish American, Scottish mm-hmm. American, Italian American. I don't do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're just white to me,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. and and that's just. You know, I don't know this the labels of African American and just I don't get all into all of that. You know, I'm just black. Okay. Because you know, and and I am of African origin, but I don't think uh, there's yeah. a need to call me an African American when I mean we all Americans. And I'm gonna say I don't have a
1: problem. Yeah, a, I don't have it. a problem with it. Yeah. African-American, Either, either uh, Do you, you have know. preference? Nope.
4: My, my mom did not like being called African-American. Uh, she, did not. I mean, she didn't like it with a she, passion. She liked black. <laughs> but and I never, I black. Yeah, That's but I just too. never saw I never saw It never yeah. mattered.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no preference. No yeah. preference, honestly. Yeah, I hold both to a high standard. I
4: feel right. proud. No, 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 it does bother me when I hear us call each other niggas.
0: Yeah, Oh, yeah, I don't uh, use that well, word. Not, and I was going to bring that up. I yeah, said we, I we can't have a discussion yeah. about words, yeah. Yeah. especially the uh, hypocrisy of how that word's uh, used uh, in black and white America, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly hear it in in black music culture. Uh-huh. We hear yeah. it not even just music culture. We hear it uh-huh. in the neighborhoods. We hear it in the hoods. Yeah. Um,
5: yeah. And um, I,
0: you know. Growing up in a civil rights family and having access to a lot of these conversations, I know how that generation felt about that word, Uh and I know how they felt about younger generations of blacks Uh using it.
5: Uh
0: It seems like uh, it's lost some of its negativity in... Yeah. in certain blacks, young black circles, yeah. true, not yeah. true. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's yeah. true. I, yeah, I do agree.
0: Well, that was yeah. their purpose for using it. If you listen to Jay
4: Z, that's what he he mm-hmm. even convinced Oprah that it, it. You know, you take the power back to yeah. put it in your own hands.
0: So and uh, so, his, I should, I his, I his argument was using using that word was reappropriating it.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Take taking back the power, but but for me, and again, th- this word is about preference like i, I am totally okay with right. black people who say who like to use the word nigga. but for me that word just it just stings like my soul like i mm. i can't it's, use I it i don't like it i don't like it i don't like, it. like, I don't it. like I, it i can't i can't use, I can't it. use it
4: and 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 uh, and then when you uh you choose to use it if you call yourself taking back powers like this rapper on space singing and he's singing this song with the word in it and so this young white girl at the front of the space she, she's she singing along with him mm. and he Pulls her up on the stage And, and when they get to the word nigga He gets mad
5: at it right, like, She's
2: singing on. your song yeah. <laughs> I understand yeah. that And I'm probably guilty of using it I mean yeah. you're guilty yeah. You know, your preference I don't like it when You know out in Just public But you know when I'm on the phones with my girls You know I might say Yeah my mm-hmm. nigga you know that's just my buddy You know yeah. <laughs> But And I don't use it in front of white folks I don't use it out in public. Nope. I'll use it on the Same. phone. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, If I were just... to
0: reverse that argument, though, mm-hmm. as a white person, and if I were to say, I only use it with my right, my white friends, I would never say it in front of <laughs> my exactly. friends. I you, exactly. I'm not meaning to call you out in particular, but I think the, the danger of black culture validating it uh, and then trying to fight it when it's used right. as a weapon, mm-hmm. yeah. you lose power, no? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And I always have the question of why why do white people want to say it? Right. What? why? why? Mm-hmm. What what's the purpose of you wanting to say it to if me? it's, it's like an assault from a white person. Yeah. It's just and, and, and it's just it goes back to all, all I think lives it's an matter assault. again. I think it's, it's a, an
2: assault from everybody.
1: Yeah. they like
4: who said but,
0: but that little blonde girl in the front row of the Jay Z concert she's is she's being taught right. to be cool. Yeah. By Jay-Z, by using it, right? Right. To me, uh, and you know, this is one guy's opinion, but it's one of those, I've, I've struggled the most with the use by blacks, mm-hmm. only because the use by whites seems, I mean, I rarely, I mean, there are those YouTube videos of whites trying to act as urban as they possibly can and using it to look cool, but it's primarily used as a way to, put people down. Right,
5: right,
0: right. And um, it's I've always struggled with the pushback I've gotten with some black friends about it can be appropriate in some areas and not in others because we just can't apply that to whites. There's not a white person you could say, hey, I'm cool with you. Use it over here. Nah. By the yeah. way, if you're rapping and you use that, you look like an idiot. I don't I don't agree with rappers using <clears throat> it at all.
2: Like I said, I use it, I'll uh-huh. say it, but it's it's out not in public. Yeah. It's just with my close yeah. friends. And uh, I would never use it around white people. I would never use it out in public. Um, mm-hmm. It's just with my friends.
3: Right. And, right. and then you have to ask yourself, as black people, like, if you, know, if, if you are saying that, hey, we have taken the power back. If it's so powerful Then why only use it In certain instances yeah, Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never True. call my son Hey come here little nigga yeah. You know yeah. Nah yeah. And if I can't use it at work Then how powerful is it Right yeah, You right, know right, right. But I get what Tracy's saying Like you know Not that I ain't never yeah. used the word mm-hmm. Right But If I do use it It's convicted in my soul I can feel it like Oh man mm-hmm. I just said the word so Oh you like, feel it when you say oh, it Oh yeah I can feel it in myself Like yeah. you know
0: Do you do you have uh, Some of your Your friends Your age 27 In and out of school Are you hearing that from that word from whites and blacks interchangeably or or do you hear that word?
1: I I do. So in my group of friends, like my black friends, I do. I use it. I do say that word, like Mm -hmm. you said, in intimate situations Mm -hmm. on the phone, etc. I would I haven't heard it mostly at all from my white friends, but like from like Asian culture, they just throw it around. Like, yeah, they just tossing it like it's, you know, it's their own or it's that they're accepted of it, that they they should they can say it. I don't know where that comes from, but (laughs) that's what I have experienced. That the the Asian culture they use it interchangeably with. I mean, they're throwing it around, and that it's just it's odd. It 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 does not sit right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it
0: does not sit. A couple more questions, and then we'll kind of move to wrapping up. One of the things I did want to cover. Somebody had a great question. That is, what is the best way to approach the subject of racism, the subject of the racial divide with our children? We've talked a little bit about the two sides of the argument of teaching your kid to drive and what you have to say as a black dad versus a white dad. How do we teach children? Because we know to some degree, as adults, we have created the world. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. There are changes to be made, but really it belongs to the next generation of voters coming up. And we need them to vote with racial sensitivity and justice in mind. That needs to be one of the things, along with health care and, you know, mm, yeah. and, and <laughs> jobs and topic. environment, yeah. uh, that, needs, that they need to be aware of. How do we imbue in young people the concept that race, racial divide is there and that it matters?
2: I think start, just me personally, I, I would start out just with everybody's equal. You know, it just sets the tone. Or whatever else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just everybody's equal. You don't judge people based off of, you know, how tall they are, how fat they are, or skinny, or whatever. You know, it's just mm. everybody or
0: what color they are. Playing off of that, I was having a conversation the other day. You know how if you go on the Internet and you Google whatever, sunflowers,
5: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. there are obviously disproportionately more, especially among kids' pictures, white kids' faces. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, recent, I forget the name, of wish I knew the name of but there was a woman who started a internet startup that's kind of like a free picture. Like if you're a filmmaker or you need to make a presentation, you need, you need to go out and grab a picture. She is purposely putting together a website for free pictures that include wow. kids of color. Right. And she goes, right, one dude. of the reasons I'm yeah. doing that is that I want, the next generation Mm -hmm. of kids to be able to Google a subject Uh and see kids that look like them. Powerful.
3: Powerful. Yeah.
0: Are those the kind of changes that have to happen? I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and, and having that conversation with your kids, any young kid is, I think the biggest thing is not to be the talker and, and, and really be the listener to the kids. And because, you know, they may be experiencing totally different. Like, so just be open, honest dialect. But I also have a compassion and know that all right, I got two ears for a reason. So right now I'm gonna be an active listener. I'm gonna listen to this kid and see what struggles they have, what questions they have, and not dictate the conversation. But I
2: think letting mm. them know ahead of time, you know, like everybody's equal, and then yeah, yeah, going yeah. into
0: yeah. you know your yeah. experiences of so what's you should happened. kind of preach that mantra. Preach from it
2: from day, day one. one. Yeah. And then, you know, come back, I guess, and and just like what experiences have you had and that kind of stuff and just kind of, you know, play it out from there.
1: And just having a conversation at at dinner or having dinner mm -hmm. with another race or Mm -hmm. inviting black people over just Mm -hmm. to have a conversation as well. I think the biggest disturbing thing is when you do have that conversation and that you have it so often, but black people aren't involved in it. Are you going to mm-hmm. talk about my race without having me around? <laughs> you know, you just like, right. like in, invite the kids over, like you were saying earlier, with your having dinner mm-hmm. with your teammates, like mm-hmm. doing things of that nature, outreach, and mm-hmm. I mean, intermingling and having that conversation. You you can't just have that the black conversation without I feel like black being involved. People, right? yeah, it makes it tough. You're
0: founder and CEO of the Color of Music. Uh, a very cool 501c3, and uh, your mantra is teaching youth the value of life through the arts. So this is a good question for you. How do we imbue young people with, a, with a, uh, an active understanding of the racial divide and what to do about it?
4: Um, well, yes. Um, it was a program started with Warner Brothers Records years ago. That Warner Brothers Records was the only record-laid uh, company on Music Aurora in Nashville, period, who would honor Black History Week. Mm. The Color of Music was the last program we had there at the, at the, at the label. And it was to uh, bring people, kids together, uh, black and white, especially under the umbrella of music. Uh, you know, that's basically the, the field that I work in. And I worked with the Country Music Foundation as well, black and white kids to teach them music or songwriting and, and, you know, stuff like that. And music is a powerful force. It brings people together. Uh, um, a lot of the conversations that we're having today, we probably would not be having except for the, the slaves dancing in the field and singing. It really impressed the slave master, and he wanted to be a part of that. Hmm. And, uh, and so, therefore, through music, we are able to communicate and everybody has c- pretty much come together uh, in, in, in that arena. Well,
0: it's an empowering you know, force, right? I mean, music is. And so teaching kids the um, history of the Civil Rights Movement and teaching mm-hmm. kids about, mm-hmm. about the effects now and doing it using music as the vehicle, it's using a pretty music. powerful force. Right,
4: right. And I think like, uh, uh, what, what's your name again? He had said earlier about uh, t- uh, what we need to do to have you ask the question, did, where have we failed as a community, mm-hmm, uh, so. as a people? Mm-hmm. And and that's the one thing, education and educating yes. our kids. Because like I said, a lot of young black kids today, uh, they may have been faced with it every day, but they didn't know it because yeah. they didn't know anything about the subject. They didn't know anything about racism. Right, right. My grandkids were like, what? <laughs> really, and now that mm. yeah, and now that they found out that this is really this has happened and it's and it's, it's among us today, uh, you know they kind of see life a little different and they're different and they're a little bit more aware. I heard a lot of young kids say, "Well, I've never had this experience. or had to face racism. Yes, you have. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wasn't overt, yeah. right? Yeah, it just wasn't so obvious to them that they did that they understood it. That. That's <laughs> right. a good point. Right, right." And moving towards uh, wrapping up, i got a few questions. And one is, what makes, especially with the conversation we've had tonight, what makes a conversation about race and the racial divide work or not work, right? Because we all, I'm sure, have been in a conversation or two about this subject matter. And sometimes you walk away going, man, that was great. And other times you walk away going, I don't know about our world. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: What is it about a conversation about race that makes it work,
1: when both parties are listening, There's, when I say, yeah, when both parties are too. listening, like, because I've had friends come out and say, what do you think about the protests and something, et cetera, and I have my rebuttal, and then they're just like, well, I just don't agree with it. And I'm like, well, I can't talk to you because you're, <laughs> you like, you're just incompetent. You're yeah. just incompetent. You, I don't agree with it. They should do something different. Well, you know what a protest is? It's the, the voice of the unheard. It's the, mm-hmm. I'm tired of being battered. I'm tired of my race just being disenfranchised marginalized to that degree so a protest is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. why else would they do it you. You know they, when they walked right. over the Selma uh, over the uh, the been uh, the Pettus, Pettus bridge, bridge yeah. you know they they knew there was going to be uncomfortable they knew yeah. that something on other, the other side of that was just going to be impactful mm-hmm. and so to have
0: conversations that are uncomfortable, that uncomfortable. are they uncomfortable. should yeah. be don't be afraid of don't be afraid right, of right, yeah, right, and right,
1: right. just because you don't agree with what's going on. Well,
0: there's a difference between right, right. listening and waiting to talk. Right. Yes. I'm like you right. listen
1: and
2: and then and then
0: that then go from there. Yeah. just listen. Just listen. Because sometimes when you listen, the answer or rebuttal that you are getting ready to give changes.
2: Don't but if you're not to listening, rebuttal, yeah. listen to understand. Don't listen to understand. Right. I
0: yeah. yeah. So, with that in mind, um, where do we go from here as a country? First, I'm going to ask that as a country, whether we're talking politically, culturally. I mean, how do we turn this moment? Because all of us on big issues, whether it's racism, guns is a great example. I mean, not to take too much of a diversion, but I thought, you know what? When you blow away 15. Six-year-olds in Newtown, and then we don't change as a country. I don't think we're going to change as a country. So I worry about those moments. Can we make this for race, for racial divide and police brutality, a moment of change? Because I've seen other moments go by that are huge moments, mm-hmm. but they do not end up being the fork in the road.
2: We can't make it with Donald Trump in office. I'm just. Gonna I mean, we just can't. You know, you got the 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 Grand Wizard leading the country, and you cannot have. It, that just, I mean, it's not gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. as long as that man is there. He's enforcing stuff, and just you know, these people are good people. How are you gonna call the KKK good people? <laughs> and you know, no. you got your tiki torches, and you're you know out there mm. fighting, starting fires, whatever. You know, we can't get it done with him in office. I mean, it's just mm. point blank and simple. We need somebody that is neutral on on, on everything. He's not neutral on nothing.
4: You mm. know, he we has, are at a period in life way. We can get it done, but she's right.
5: It won't be done. I mean, it's with not us. with him.
2: I mean, you get, and you know, I don't have anything against the Republicans or whatever, you know, but if we had like a Mitt Romney or somebody or George Bush them in the office, at least they are understanding mm-hmm. and, and not actually fired, uh, starting this other crazy stuff, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. That's just my thing. You mm-hmm. know, we can't get anything done with that fool being in office. Yeah. So, I part of what you're speaking like to is
0: the national conversation has to change. The words have to change. The yeah. direction has to change.
2: And, and none of that's changing with this fool, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. Mm-hmm. And and, um,
3: and outside the national part of it is is uh, we have to change from person to person. I know that's going to take a long time, but, you know, we know for a fact that you're not gonna change a racist. A true no, racist. No, no. No. just say your breath. I, mean, it's just people I, I, in, I wanna I uh, I wanna speak to the people who's on the fringe, like, right, hey right. man, I'm not a racist, but I, I really don't understand like why right, so many right, things right, are done. Right, like right. I'm gonna spend I mean, my energy on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh and so I'm gonna let the races have their moment. Like I I'm not gonna waste my energy on that. That's nah, a that's yeah. a done deal.
2: <laughs> that was yeah. born and bred and that yeah. Yeah. you can't yeah. do anything with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Don't wanna waste your time.
0: Vanessa, what do you think? You have been both in a Uh, in a position with music to kind of speak to the national conversation. You've been a a politician, a mayor of a small town in Southern Alabama. What needs to happen from a big picture uh, country type of changes uh, to be able to make this George Floyd moment. And you almost hate to call it a George Floyd moment, don't you? Because there's plenty of people people before him. Mm -hmm. But this is a moment that for better or worse is, Upon us, and how do we uh, make it not just another flashpoint? Because there's a difference between a flashpoint and change. What do you think, Vanessa?
4: Uh, to continue conversations like this, um, mm-hmm. last year I had an all women's group, and these women were from every part of the world black, white, Afghanistan, Russia, uh, Puerto Ricans, everybody. And we would meet at least once a month, and we would talk about different problems and issues. Um, Mm-hmm. That um, were going on in the world. And Mark, as you know, I lived up on the mountains in Tennessee for two years,
5: mm-hmm.
4: being pretty much the only black up there. You yeah, did, that's
5: right.
4: <laughs> and, 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 and just to tell you how powerful music is, it was just amazing to me to see a lot of those big guys, big, big white guys that most people would be afraid of without a shirt on, just some overalls. come up and just grab me with tears (laughs) in their eyes, telling me how, what a difference I've made in their life, my songs made in their life. And even at Vanderbilt, when singing at the Commodore, i have had young college kids, young people come to me the same way. So, you have to, one, be real. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of, you keep your guard up, but you let your anger down. And, um, just try to accept whatever they say because I'm having conversations every day on Facebook with mm-hmm. my white friends, mm-hmm. and we're not agreeing at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. are those at policy the same time, disagreements,
0: us, or are they big picture like cultural disagreements? Usually
4: about policy, mm-hmm. policy disagreements, and culture. There's some that has actually surprised me with their answer, but I'll have to say this. Uh, there are some Blacks who have surprised me with their answers as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So part of it is getting people to recognize that the problem is not only exists, but is uh, affecting everyone uh, Everyone in right. a negative way. Everyone. And then we can begin to argue about the fix. But do you think we have an issue with some people believing that it's not a problem? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: The president oh, yeah. is one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. These are very fine people on both sides. I'm like, dude, he just ran over somebody with his car. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
2: You know, that's not no fine people. What is wrong yeah. with you?
0: So you're, you're saying that as long as that national voice, yeah. that national bully pul- pulpit is spitting that out, it's hard to make. It's hard to, hard to, to expect yeah. people to. Because yeah. uh, we really are in a culture war, right? I mean, yep. Yep. if we can, certainly Black Lives Matter has been a point of culture war, but now we know that even... Masks for uh, COVID-19 is a culture war. So if we let this issue of police brutality, uh, racial divide, be a culture war, we're going to probably play hell trying to figure out how to fix it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: like, Leadership is very, important, very because important because under Obama, even these people that we're speaking of, these races, everybody was at peace with each other, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we lived pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Everybody was laid back and relaxed. And so um, leadership plays a very important role. You know, you and I, we can go on all day long, and, and, and we, can, we can put our voices out there. The few people that will possibly hear us, it's not like how many people, because you've got the whole world listening to the one who is supposed to be in leadership. And that's where, the, that's where it trickles down at.
0: Well, in a, in a last question to you all, maybe I'll throw this at uh, Phil Jr. here first. Do you have any personal plans for or personal changes you feel like you need to make, not only as a black man, but as a man in America to affect change differently? Has this whole Black Lives Matter, um, George Floyd era, um, protest era, has this changed you personally to where you go? you're like, these are things I need to do differently. Do you have plans? I would, I
1: would say wouldn't, it has not changed, but it has further motivated. Um, so I contacted the NAACP of Nashville mm-hmm. to become a member of that mm-hmm. as a start for me, just to get more involved within that community up that way mm-hmm. and just to see what they're doing on the back end of things, to see if their community involvement, if they're looking at policies, looking at local oh, government officials and seeing where their stance is. I want to get involved with more local policies as well, just to see... What's going on from a like a more in front of my face standpoint versus mm-hmm. like the president sees, things that kind of boots I,
0: on the ground, yeah,
1: boots on the ground type deal. So I would say it further motivated me that and um, the NAACP is the next step is for me, and that's one thing I'm gonna do, and just continue to have that conversation with others as well, all races. I mean, just of all races, just in discussing that these issues are real because if they weren't, we wouldn't be protesting, and that's that's where I'm gonna be so, with it.
4: So and Mark, take, just like the question you asked about Black Lives Matter, NAACP, it doesn't sound too good to them either.
1: <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because the retort is, you know, why can't we have a, uh, you know, why shouldn't we have an association <laughs> of our own? Phil, how about, uh, how about you? So going forward, you've been through uh, a lot of these moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any personal changes you're making to kind of go, th- I'm not going to let this one be just another flash in the pan?
3: Yeah, no, and uh, I, th- I think for me, it just, you know, again, you know, I think my stature uh, kind of is a deterrent for a lot of people to approach me. But again, for those who are willing to approach me uh, is for me to create that space, uh, that space of understanding and compassion and, uh, you know, uh, reaching that part of them that I know everyone has a soul. Like I, I have to be able to pull back and let my emotions out of the way right now because if a person approaches me which they have mm-hmm. due to the george floyd uh again i can't come across as abrasive and even though i may say that's a dumbass question on you right. blah blah, blah. Right. i can't because they made that they made that emotional risk to reach out to me and this is the yeah. person i can reach and then they can take it back to their tribe so i gotta change one person at a time mm-hmm. and they take it back to their tribe and say hey guys we've been thinking wrong like mm-hmm. so for me it's just about creating that space even more and and make it a welcoming space to have that conversation. Safe space, yeah.
0: How about you, Tracy? Uh, any personal changes or change in direction for you given recent events?
2: I'm not changing anything. You know, <laughs> I've been true to the game since whenever, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be me, continue. Yeah. Uh, I'm very open, though, to – and I always have been – to any conversations you have or, you know, you want to sit down and talk about just and and be real with me and just come out and tell me how you feel about some stuff and I'm going to give you 100, straight 100 how I feel about something. Mm -hmm. I ain't changing anything. I'm not marching. I'm not doing any of that Uh, because I've been, I've been saying what I felt like, you know, that needed to happen and all this stuff and nothing's changed with me. You know, I've been, I've been, I ain't going to say, I've not been on the front line, but I've been, you know, expressing myself like, you know, how I feel about stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, and I am open to, and and I've told most of my friends, you know, like, come and holler at me, you know, if you want to talk about some things and just, you know, I'm willing to listen and and all those things. But, you know, I'm going to definitely give you what I know or feel about any situation, so...
0: Are you optimistic or pessimistic that this moment in time, whatever we call it, the George Floyd era or Black Lives Movement kind of rebirth, are you optimistic or pessimistic that this is going to lead to real change?
2: I don't... To be honest, I just don't think it'll lead to Mm -hmm. real change. Uh, They've been knowing this stuff. You know, ain't nothing new. You know, this has been going on for a long time, Uh, dating back to Emmett Till, And we ain't done nothing about it since then. But, you know, it's been, what, 55, 56 years, and we still going through the same stuff. You know, are people aware of it? Yeah. But are we going to make a difference with it? I'm not sure. And I'll continue to state this with the present people that we have in administration, the White House and stuff. We can't get nothing done with him in there. And, you know, who knows, once he gets out, you know, we might start – if everybody still sticks together, we might get something uh, happening then. But right now, you know, I think this – I ain't going to say it's a over, but it's just – it's going to be stagnated for the time being until we get somebody
0: in office that's, you know, pretty neutral. Vanessa, optimistic or, neg- or uh, pessimistic for change? And are you going to make any personal changes – given recent oh, events? Oh,
4: God, yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm both. Uh, okay. Because uh, in the past, I believe, why things have not gotten done, it's because we rise up every time somebody gets killed or our feelings are hurt, and then we go somewhere and sit down. You can't do that. You've got to stay consistent. you got to stay mad. Yeah, you do. You can't, you, you know, and that's something that we have not been doing.
0: What do you think causes... And granted, you you make a mistake the minute that you begin calling it and thinking that an entire uh, you know culture or community is the same. But what do you think causes black folks to sit back down when the argument is it's disproportionately affecting them?
4: I think uh, they get fed up again, with stuff.
0: Fear. fear. Fear, fed up. Uh, huh. Yeah,
4: hmm. and like and like Tracy said, just. Not believing that things are going to change. Yeah, yeah. This is just the way it is. It's been the way it is, the way it's going to be. Um, A lot of it is, Um, you heard the phrase, I'm black and I'm proud. Well, a lot of blacks are not. A lot of blacks have been made to feel that uh, their color is just not good enough to be even
2: considered human. That's my daddy's 90 and years old and he's just 90? like, yeah, my dad's 90 years old and he's just like, hey, if it changes, I'll be surprised.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's, yeah. he's been yeah, through he's all of this. Yeah. No yeah. The average
2: for him is no change. The average for him, he's gone through this for, what, 80 years, and it's just
0: it's been the same. You know, there was one last question that I did skip that I wanted to throw out there real quickly, and that was a question somebody else submitted, and it was, what's the difference between racism and classism? And is it possible not to be a racist, but to be a classist? So what we're talking about, obviously, is, you know, do some of these happen, things happen to people that are socioeconomically um, distressed, poor people, and is how much of what we call somebody a racist is actually a classist, that sense of, uh, I have prejudice against people that are basically poor. That was the nature of the question. Anybody got any thoughts on that one? It's a tough one because it, it does involve more than just blacks. Because uh-huh. obviously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you have poor whites and poor uh, Asians and poor Hispanics. And I guess the nature of the question is, to some of the things that we see, some of the behaviors and language that we see out of people, is that coming from a, a classist
3: yeah, well, Mark. I mean, we live in we, this country is founded off that. Like you know, for for racism, for uh, for our ancestors and for the slaves to continue the half slavery for so long. We know that the rich pin the poor against poor blacks, like the race. I mean, against against the uh, against the slaves. So you know, they didn't want the poor whites to say, "Hey, man, this is wrong." They the poor whites said, "Well, at least it ain't me." Uh so yeah, I'm all about slavery because y'all need to keep that going over there. Just leave me alone. Right. So this country has always pinned the poor uh against the rich. Uh we know that, you know, same thing as a black man go in front of a judge and he get 10 years. A poor white person go in front of a judge too. And he ain't got no lawyer, he can get 10 years. Like yeah. his money we this this country's mm-hmm. built off the dollar. Mm-hmm. So it's a double-edged sword if you're poor and black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we ain't going to leave out the poor whites. And so is it racism? No. You know, like I said, it's classism, but we, it's an ism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's wrong. Like, you it's know, wrong. to look at someone and say, hey, I'm better than you because uh, I can afford this and that." And we know, we see it at our work, how if this person's name is dropped they got their family got so much money in their bank account. We're supposed to treat them a certain kind of way different. Like it, we see it all the time.
0: Yeah, because with it, money comes access. Yeah, it does. I, I wonder if that is a new way to reach people that we didn't think we would reach. People that we yeah. are easy to to pawn off as racist. Yeah. Uh, I wonder mm-hmm. if it strategy wise, if we go back to almost almost a Lyndon Johnson and the War on Poverty and the Great Society speeches and talking points, that sense of uh, until we have equal access and we have some equality in, uh, you know, the economy, um, you're going to have these moments of terrible, um, you know, racism and... Uh, racism, yeah. yeah. And I wonder if talking about it from a sense of rich and poor might be an alternative way to include more people in the conversation? Cause automatically if we're just going to talk about it as racism, I wonder if we're excluding, uh,
3: I I think you're right. Like, I think we can, uh, get more people involved if we involve the classism because look, you know, the, the new epidemic that's been going on now is opiates. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: It ain't hitting Brentwood. Like it ain't, it's, it's not bothering them. Bellevue. They not. It's, it's the poor whites who's, over, over overdosing on fentanyl and opiates, like mm-hmm. their 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 community is hurting too, mm-hmm. uh, and the money ain't been poured in those communities. Mm-hmm. Why? If I can't make mm-hmm. money, I'm not pouring money. That's mm-hmm. that's our society. That that's the government we live in. Yeah. You know, so you're mm-hmm. right. Like I think we can we can, we can be more inclusive if you know we had you know again
0: more economic justice. more economic justice mm-hmm.
3: across the board.
1: Yeah. And talking mm-hmm. economical equality, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a, a deeper conversation, yeah. as in I think that's that creates a lot of the divide now, because if from an economic standpoint, if your first involvement with, let's just say, another race is only when you see them playing sports or getting locked up, that's not a positive outlook. So you, I mean, from an economic standpoint, they need to have that conversation as well but and have further access, I would guess you say, to to other races and just having that discussion and having that that talk. With other people from the economic standpoint, because they don't I mean, those at higher classes, they don't they're not talking about this.
2: Uh, We ain't touched on probably half of the stuff that, you know, we probably need to. I don't know, just more conversation, more time. And, personal, um, keeping an open personal. mind. Yeah, yeah. definitely. we can't ask on.
0: somebody else to keep yeah. on if we don't keep on. So. Yeah,
3: and for me, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic just because I have to be optimistic uh, because, uh, you know, for my grandbabies uh, in the future one day when I have grandkids, I got to have be optimistic. And I also got to feel like that all those who came before me uh, who dreamt of me... Uh, you know, because I am. We all are. We are what our ancestors daydreamed of. What I why our um. ancestors marched, why our ancestors did without, why our ancestors felt faced the dogs and the, the water hoses. Like we are their dreams. And so for me, I gotta stay optimistic and say I gotta carry that torch. Cause you imagine like making sacrifices for a group of people that would never be able to say thank you to. How powerful mm. is that? Like, you know, I would never get a chance to meet these people. But my dream is for them to be able to walk in the bank and get a loan. My dream is for them to be able to vote. My dream is for them to go to a nice school. Uh-huh. And so for me, I got to stay optimistic. And, you know, again, it, we may not ever see it in our lifetime, which I doubt we will, but I got to pass that dream on to my grandkids to say I got to keep the fight. That's your job. Yeah.
1: And from that, I hear just fatiguing, man. It just takes so mm-hmm. much out of you, Mark, just to be able to – just being a younger individual and being around you all, Just I haven't seen what you have experienced and just to know – Looking further down, down the road, is like, yeah, I'm pessimistic from it because history repeats itself and it has Mm -hmm. continued to. But on the same flip of that, I want to be optimistic more. Uh, I want to be able to to carry that torch, as my dad was saying. Uh, I want to see and experience something different for my generation. So when I am 40, I don't see it to me a Rice. I don't see another field junior junior getting killed type deal. I don't I don't want to see that. And it's more that's what's more so motivating for me is, yes, I'm pessimistic to an extent, but more so the optimism is carrying me more. Gotcha. Hopefully it stays that way. But, hey, it's, it's mentally and physically fatiguing just to be able to see your race continuously, continuously, but yeah. bashed exhausting. for it this. exhausting. Have a rebuttal for everything. <laughs> In
3: 2020. Do. And In I got to admit, I, I was the one who, when we had a black president, I was like, oh, we have made it. We good, right. Yeah, Yeah, I, well, I, I felt not. that,
2: too. But, and then I, I was like, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> no, we have yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> man, something's wrong, you know. Right, right.
0: Well, I think keeping forward momentum is kind of the key. You can't, you can't stop right uh you know I mean that goes back to that great old uh, spiritual ain't gonna let nobody turn me around <laughs> right that's why that right. was the power of it, you yeah. know because that's ultimately a personal decision ain't gonna let right. nobody turn me around
4: well I'd just like to see more conversation between us all um Republican democrat black white I think we really need to sit down instead of trying to intimidate each other trying mm. instead of trying to prove that we're right we could be wrong somebody you know somebody could be wrong let's just sit down and have honest
0: conversation. None of us certainly at this table and many other tables have the spirit to be, to let this moment be just another moment that finally being nothing. There's nothing more disheartening sounds- than these moments where you get three quarters up the hill. We got to get up over the hill. Mm-hmm. We've established in this conversation that listening is probably the most uh, powerful elixir mm-hmm. coming out of it. So thank most you time. again for all of you joining me on this inaugural kickoff of a uh, Conversations on Cub Creek. It was a joy, and our beer bucket's empty, so we That's must right. be
5: done. <laughs> there we go. Vanessa, safe <laughs> travels care. back
0: Take to care. Alabama. We we'll look forward to talking to you soon.
2: Take care, Vanessa. I All right, look forward to it. Nice talking with you guys Meeting.
0: You. All, right. All right, All right. you guys again. Thank you for joining me on this two-part inaugural episode of Conversations on Cub Creek. Be on the lookout for the next episode coming out in just a couple of weeks. If you have any topics you'd like us to build a conversation around, drop by the Conversations on Cub Creek Facebook site. And while you're there looking through show notes and behind-the-scenes pictures, drop me a line with your thoughts. If you've enjoyed your time with us on the creek, please leave a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you.